Greetings, everybody. It's your girl, Kiara Washington Speaks, and welcome back to my channel. Um, this is the Healing Space Podcast, and so I will be doing part two of my experience dating a narcissist. So if you are enjoying the content, please share with somebody because, hey, we never know who may be educated, motivated, or inspired by what is said here. So if you listen to part one, then you already know that I just recently, a couple of months ago, got out of, got out of about a four month relationship with a narcissist. Um, quick backstory. Um, I am originally from Virginia. I moved to Louisiana. Um, when I left out of Virginia, um, I actually got out of a five and a half year relationship. And within a couple of months of me leaving, I actually got into another relationship, which was basically like hell on earth and long story short your girl learned some really serious and vital and important lessons the reason why I wanted to do a part two is because basically in part one I just kind of just discussed an overall view of my experience dating a narcissist but the reason why I want to do part two is because here's the flip side to understanding where I went wrong and where I made the errors, but there's also a flip side to leaving a toxic relationship with a narcissist. So, um, I officially broke it off with my ex in the beginning of September. And y'all, when I tell you, I full on blocked him, I full on blocked him on everything. He has a very misleading and manipulative way about him. So even though I do, I directly blocked his phone number. He had made about two to three different Apple IDs and he would text me from those. Um, so eventually I had to block all of those different Apple IDs. Um, and then he would call me blocked for a pretty decent amount of time. Continuously calling me blocked. So I guess eventually he's just kind of given up. Now, when I say giving up, it's kind of one of those things where he's given up momentarily because see, here's the thing. Narcissists, here's what I learned about narcissists. They always have it in the back of their mind. Well, th this is what I'll say. This is what I learned about him. In the back of his mind, he really believes that because we had about a good three or four back and forths, he really believes that. The only thing that needs to happen is some time needs to pass. I will eventually get over my ways. I will eventually come back to him. We will eventually begin talking and dealing with each other again. So I have an iPhone and you know, on iPhones, even though you can block people, if people still leave you voicemails, you can still get the voicemails. So over the past couple of months, something has been telling me every couple of weeks, go in and check your block voicemails. Now, I don't know what was telling me this, but I guess it was just God saying, hey, go check your, your black voicemails. Literally every two weeks since we have broken up, he has left a voicemail. Now, what this shows me is that he's been calling me numerous times. However, he's not getting through because he's blocked. So he leaves a voicemail and literally he left a voicemail. The last voicemail he, he left was actually the beginning of this month. We're in November now. Today is actually November 18th. And I think the last voicemail he left was like on the 1st or the 2nd of November. Mind you, we've been officially broken up and I haven't talked to him since the very beginning of September. 
And his voicemail literally verbatim was basically something to the extent of, hey, I'm just checking in on you. And dang, I thought by this time you would have unblocked me by now. And I guess you have moved on or you're you're dating somebody else. But I right, okay, it's cool. Now, when I kind of break down that voicemail, it kind of shows me a couple things. It shows me, number one, that in his mind or in parts of his mind, he believes that he can just stroll up to me and we will have the same conversation that we had basically almost three months ago. Because in his mind, we are still friends. We're still cool. Nothing's changed. Even though we haven't talked, he still believes and feels that he has some type of entryway to me. And I think the funniest thing I've learned and that this relationship has taught me over and over again is that sometimes with certain people, they really do believe that you may not have the ability to just be done with them. And I think that that's him in a nutshell. He thinks that me just closing him out of my life is something that I really won't do that I may play hard to get. And I may say I'm done, but really I'm not done. But the reality of it is, is I have not had any type of contact with you in two and a half months, which means I have nothing to say to you, which means it's really just over. But his ego continues to tell him that I can just call and I can just act like we just talked yesterday and everything's cool. And I guess in in actuality, what I learned is this. Another thing I've learned is this. Doing your work internally is super important because the spaces in your life that aren't healed, if you are not doing the necessary work to better yourself, to heal yourself, to work through your trauma, to work through your issues, what will end up happening is people will come into your life because you will allow them to come into your life. And they will run a complete muck because you have not set any standards or boundaries for how people are to treat you. Let me say it again and let me sum it up. Not setting boundaries and standards will allow people to enter in and out of your life and run a muck because you have not established how you are supposed to be treated. This is something that I allowed to happen to me in this past relationship. I did not set clear boundaries. I did not establish my standards in the beginning. And there was even a part in the relationship where I realized we were spending too much time together. This is how, this is how, this is how I know he, he is severely a narcissist. There were, there were time, there was probably, we were probably, probably dating for probably about little less than two months. And I realized like within about a month and a half, we were spending a little bit too much time together. It was a little bit too much talking on the phone. I had kind of started to put my schoolwork on hiatus. I was starting to focus more on him than my actual career, you know, because it was, you know, it's new and it's fun and it's, it's cool and you like each other. But I was noticing that my attention was dwindling on the things that should have been priority. And I remember when I brought it up to him and I just said, Hey, you know, how about this weekend? You come later in the weekend. Like, I don't want you to come on Thursday night when you're off and stay till Sunday. How about you come on Saturday and stay till Sunday evening? Because I don't think he went back to like Monday night or something like that. And I was like, why don't you just come, you know, Saturday, you know, Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, 
stay till Monday morning and then, you know, you can go to work from here. And I remember him being so bothered by me saying that, like, well, well, why don't you want me to stay the whole weekend? What what else are you going to be doing? Like, why don't you want me to stay? I've been staying for the last few weekends. Like, And it just made me think, you know, it's amazing how codependent sometimes we as people can become. We can become so dependent and codependent on other people um, by just being in their presence, being up under them, being in their space, spending time with them, talking to them, congregating with them, spending time with them. That we really just don't take the time to really be to ourselves and work through our own issues. Like, here's one thing I've learned being in Louisiana, completely by myself, no friends, no family, no boyfriend, no kids, no nothing. I've learned this and this has brought me so much peace. I sit alone in my house every day by myself. And in me sitting alone in my house by myself, I've learned to really just deal with me. And the one thing about being single and enjoying it is no one tells you how addictive it can become. I have literally become addicted to being alone and enjoying the peace of solitude that I have. And I realized when I was trying to set a standard and a boundary with my ex and I, because I didn't do it from the beginning, he literally became offended because he was like, Hey, that's not how it started. But I realized, you know, in the beginning, Hey, I'm one of those people. I enjoy my space. I need my space. I need my time. I need to think. And so, yeah, it's, it's amazing because sometimes by the time we find ourselves learning the important things, um, We've already beat ourselves up more than we need to. So, um, yeah, y'all, um, the goal is always to put yourself first. Um, stop trying to force things to be there that aren't there. Um, and really be okay with dealing with yourself before you allow anybody to just come into your space. And allow them to create and set the tone for your life. All right. So I hope part two has been helpful. Um, I'm considering making this at least a minimum of a three part series. So um, let me all let me know how you all are um, enjoying this. And um, I will be back with part three. Um, I think in part three, I'm going to break down some of the. Um. What am I trying to say? Um, I'll break down some of the uh, things that kind of changed more so within me as a as a, some of the effects that I dealt with in dealing with the narcissist. Because um, there were some specific things that happened to me that I started to uh, react to. Um, and these things uh, changed certain behaviors that I displayed in that relationship. And um I think that's what I'll probably focus on in part three. So, yeah, you all, I hope you all um, enjoy the rest of your day. I am your girl, Kara Washington Speaks. Stay safe and be blessed. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace.